Hey there, before this episode starts, just want to apologize for all the edits. We kept having a reoccurring technical issue that we had to plow through. It kind of became a joke by the end of it, but uh, it is what it is. Uh, shout out to Kevin, our only current patron. If you would like to become a patron today, go to patreon.com pastime. And if you'd like to support us in other ways, follow us on Instagram, Spotify, and iTunes. Feel free to recommend us to anyone you feel might enjoy the show. All right, on with the episode. Hello and welcome to episode 13 of the Pastime Thinker podcast, rated 5 stars on iTunes by Chloe Hassan. I'm your host, Frederick Piquette, and today my guest is Ryan Caravo. How are you today? Good, man. How are you? Good, man. Good. How are you, how are you doing in these times? Oh, you know, just been hanging out at home uh, with, the, uh, with the whole acting thing. Just been doing some online classes. Yeah. Doing some self-tape auditions, but besides that, I mean, skate parks opened up officially Tuesday, so... Finally getting outside. It's getting warm, so you oh, know, it's getting it's so skateboard. fucking hot. Yeah, it's getting nice. Oh. But yeah, how was uh you were uh in the midst of diving into the whole uh acting world while this whole thing happened. How was uh how's that going? Like Oh man, it's it's been a trip so far. Yeah. Uh where do I start with that? Okay, so obviously we were in the same program together. Yeah, you and I met yeah. in college. Yeah, and then you're my roommate second year. Yes, so we were. uh <laughs> The good times, uh, the labo, fuck. Uh, anyways, uh, yeah, so remember that managing class? So anyways, uh, I remember at the end, he was getting us to kind of do like a whole template of like all the fundamentals of what you need to kind of transition from college into the industry. Yeah. So uh, I remember, I think it was maybe a week before we finished, uh, I had everything, so I had my my like resume, which obviously was pretty pretty bare bones. Not saying just, that it's just college much more... stuff, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Not not much more now, but uh, I've obviously been able to do a couple gigs I so mean, far. I've, but... I've seen you on TV already. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. But uh, yeah, so I pretty much kind of had the anxious realization uh, the week before we finished the program. I was like, shit, okay, like I'm I'm about to be done. I'm about to go home, back to buttfuck nowhere. I live, obviously, outside of Ottawa, outside of Kempville, so, like, I live on, like, a... I was a dirt road, and then I got paved, but, like, it's all farmland, <laughs> so I'm like, hey, well, I, I can't fucking start my career back in, you know, doohickey nowhere. Yeah. So I was kind of like, all right, well, now is the time, like, this is the time to send my shit mm-hmm. and see if... I had a pretty much a week after we did our showing. Uh, I stayed a week after... Yeah, just because I guess my parents weren't able to get down at the time. So I sent some shit out, sent one to like, you know, all the agencies just to kind of see which ones will respond. And then at the time, I was lucky that an agency uh, got back to me the next day. And then pretty much what happened was I was like, okay, well, you know, this is in the time frame of me being here. I can go meet with them. Mm-hmm. So I met with two. I met with one. The one that I'm actually with now, but at the time, this wasn't my first agency. This, so I met with them before the agency that I first signed with. I went and saw them, and it, honestly, it was not what I expected. I was asked to pay some pay some shit, and you know, I pretty which was much like the me, first red flag we were taught. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and I was like, oh fuck, you know what I mean? Like, I don't really know how easy this is gonna be. So I kind of was like, all right, well, I have that other agency. So there's two agencies that contacted me. So the first one was right after we did the showings. You know how it was. And uh, I was kind of like, okay, well, I don't really know about that one. Like that seems like a bit of an investment. And I don't, obviously I'm out of college. I'm in debt. I don't have much more money to spend. Yeah. Not working obviously either. 
So I was like, okay, we'll go to the second one. And the second one, it was really great. Uh, it was a small little office down by like King Street, King Street East. And the guy pretty much gave me the exact layout of how you start your career, what you start off auditioning for. And mm-hmm. he's pretty much telling me like in like pretty great metaphors. He's like, you know, you got to crawl before you walk. You got to walk before you run. And, yeah. you know, these are the these are the steps to get to like where some of the people were on the agency were like luckily being yeah. able to be actually in like pretty big Netflix productions and, and Hollywood films. Like, yeah. Uh, but yeah. So I was like, Oh shit, this guy's got a, like, got, got the groundwork. He, he knows. And yeah. me being aware of what his plan is for me was kind of like, really like, Oh damn. Like, you know, well, it helps right, you wanna... know what you need to do to help his vision for you. Right. Exactly. Exactly. It was all kind of like, it seemed like we were both like, you know, he was meeting me halfway, yeah. which, uh, which was great. Especially so especially if you're I, starting out, it's something you really need. Yeah, and like you know, obviously they they we were lucky that Mark told us what we needed to expect, what yeah. we do and don't. But at the same time, when you're actually in those positions where you're getting told these things, that's not obviously like the most like you're not thinking about that all the time. So you're yeah. kind of you're, you're still a newbie, right? Yeah, like the the it's class easier. has helped, but like the majority of the class was like, all right, here's two how to look for red flags and how to not give off red flags. Exactly. Do with that as you will. And Uh the rest of it is just like, you need experience. Uh Uh-huh, exactly. And like, everybody has a different experience when like they're getting started out. So I was like, okay, well, this one seems good. Uh, Ended up going back about, I went back home uh, because I talked to them and I was like, they're pretty much like, you need to sign up for some, some casting websites and stuff like that, you know pay the fees for those it's not paying a fee for an agency but yeah. paying the membership fee the yearly membership fee for these uh casting things which and a couple is other things. normal exactly yeah no that's totally like that's what you need to do every every agency you go with will will tell you you need to do that yeah so uh i went back about a week later i was with my homies from back home we went and rented an airbnb to go skate but i also went to go skate but my my low key plan was one of these days I'm gonna go in and sign. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, second day I was kind of hungover and <laughs> well, we were up pretty late and then I just that was a good was time. Like, yeah, I was like I was like all right I'm gonna go downtown. We were out in like Eglinton East, so I was or Eglinton West sorry. And uh, to my buddies we're all gonna go skate and I was like oh I'm gonna go down early. I gotta go meet with this agent. Went down obviously met with the guy before signed with him and yeah. then uh, next thing you know. Uh, I think I, I signed May 1st, so this is like just over two years ago. Okay. And then I didn't get my first audition till the day after our showcase night, which was my first audition. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously, again, they they tell you what to prepare for, but at the same time, when you're doing it, it's totally different. <laughs> exactly. Uh, exactly. Like they can only meet, they can only take you so far. Like they can't hold your hand the whole way. So when you're doing it, and I was pretty excited because uh the day after our showcase which was great i I love that that was such a fun night it was uh yeah it really was um pretty much the thing is is like they i i feel like they told us this in the program but again you you never like prepare for it is like there really will be times where like it is extremely random when they will tell you when you have an audition oh yeah like yeah so i had then i didn't get I think I might have like ate something wonky the night of that uh, showcase. So the <laughs> next day, I was uh, I dropped off my mom in the morning, 
and I had to go to the bathroom pretty fucking bad. So I was like racing home and I got like this thing on my phone and it's like, hey, you have a self-tape due today. So not only is this your first audition, but it's a self-tape, which is quite, quite different. There's Do it on the toilet. Rules. Do it on the toilet. Exactly, exactly. So I was like, oh, fuck, you know what I mean? And yeah. I look at the script and it's it's four pages and it's due in like two hours. <laughs> So this is not good. I was like, oh man, like I'm, I have to go take a fat shit, and I have to memorize these lines. <laughs> and so I was, I like race home. And the thing about a self tape too is like this, this one specifically, it was for like a, a TV show. It was like a YouTube. I don't know if they still have it, but it was like a YouTube, like almost like a Netflix okay. version for like YouTube. Yeah, YouTube. Like Red. YouTube yeah, YouTube Red. So it was like a show for that, and like it was like I was like, oh shit, this is pretty fucking. It's a pretty big deal. Yeah. And the the scene had like three characters in it, including me. Mm-hmm. So I had my sister. My parents are both working. So my sister had to read lines for every character. <laughs> While I am looking all around, like thinking, okay, where do I have in my brain? Character A is he, here. Yeah, exactly. Character B is there. I am character C. And the characters are doing some physicalities. Like the whole thing is like, oh man, like don't break into that place you know what i mean that was the whole thing and then i'm like don't do it and then he goes and do, and goes and does it but obviously i'm in my fucking living room staring at a fucking wall yeah so i have to pretend that this guy's breaking into a place so like i the good thing though is obviously i guess it wasn't that good at the time because i had a time limit but usually with self-tapes like you do it until you're satisfied yeah which is usually the well, farthest you, thing you choose the final product exactly that, that you send them Exactly, and you usually have more than two hours. Usually, like you'll find out, oh, you have something due on Friday, and yeah. sometimes you'll get it on a Sunday. So I was like, okay, well, you know, I only have two hours, and I remember, I, like, in between takes, I was literally fucking punching a pillow. I was being like, fuck, fuck, you know what I mean? Because <laughs> I was like, oh, time's time's ticking, and you know, you got to upload it from your phone and everything. Mm-hmm. I was able to submit that, and then I got a callback, or I guess I, I guess it's still called a callback. It's a self tape. Yeah, I was like, oh shit, you know what I mean? So June 1st of 2018 was like my first like audition in person. And it was just like a one line thing. It wasn't for the same character. A lot of the times with self-tapes, they'll get you to audition for like one of the main characters. And then sometimes they'll weed you out to like a secondary or maybe even just an episode. So I, I don't know exactly what the character was. I haven't watched the show or anything. I don't know. Maybe (laughs) screw those guys. Yeah. Screw those guys. (laughs) Fucking didn't cast me on my first ever audition. (laughs) <laughs> what the hell and, i've seen the movies i'm supposed to get the part exactly right away <laughs> make it snappy and uh, uh so i went in and pretty much i remember it was pretty big casting director uh, a guy who casts a lot of cbc shows and stuff like that and some of the i believe star trek actually too i oh, don't know for sure about nice. that but uh, I remember I went in and I fucked up my first, my first, my first time doing it. Mm-hmm. And were they it, aware? Did you make them aware? Do you think they knew? Is that something that you don't really talk about or, uh, like when you fuck up? No, like when it's your first time or like, if you're, if you know you're new at this or they, they should know just by looking at they, your resume, right? Yeah, they should know. Um, sometimes they don't even look at your resume. Sometimes they'll look at your, your, at headshot. your headshot. Yeah, yeah exactly. Or even sometimes it's literally just what agency you're with and that casting director is on really good terms with your agency and they'll push you to the front of the line because, yeah. you know, they're close with the with the talent agent. So, yeah, I, d- I didn't let them know. Uh, 
because obviously like one of the things that we'll get into the whole like audition process after about like kind of like what I've found out so far but uh I didn't really want to say much you know what I mean I, I like it's a long day for them right like yeah. they're sometimes spending like almost like you know eight to ten hours yeah. seeing all sorts of different walks of life like it's 10 15 of minutes of your time but they've been doing that all day exactly so I'm not trying to fucking you know waste their time so i went in i fucked up the first line and it wasn't like me being like uh it wasn't me like uh, missing a line or something it literally you know those times when like you start a scene or something like that and literally stumble so it's like yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, like yeah yeah exactly that's exactly what happens. Just have like, word happens. vomit like, out of nowhere yeah yeah, yeah like yeah exactly yeah. word vomit so i did that and i was like oh shit like can i can i redo it because obviously I'm not like this is my only fucking time to like this is my opportunity. I don't want to yeah stumble my way through and be like okay see you later. This <laughs> <laughs> is not a good idea. So I was like hey can I like do it again? Did it again, and then one of the big things that they always do with auditions that I found so far. Obviously most of my auditions this is for a TV show, but most of my auditions are usually for uh commercials and stuff like that i have done a decent amount but yeah. they usually do a redirect and i think honestly not only is your interpretation but i think the redirect is actually the most important part of it oh yeah because they want to see how you can take direction and usually your interpretation is obviously like your creative outlook which is very important because they're like oh this kid's you know oh yeah he's I mean, making some even in our program, like the audition to get into our program, they were redirecting. Like redirect exactly. is like one of the most crucial things. Like when when I had to audition to get into our program, like one of my monologues was like this this huge rally cry from Le Miserable. And uh -huh. like, it's basically I'm playing this guy who's like speaking to like a couple hundred people, like trying to like let's go to fucking war. Let's let's they can't they can't kill all of us. And then mm -hmm. my redirect was to all right, do the whole thing again, but as if you're talking to your lover. And I'm like, yep. oh what? And like yeah, I, I had to just like throw everything out the window and just be like, all right, how do I like? Because you know, because when you're practicing monologues and stuff like that, you're like, you kind of get like uh, your body memorizes things too. So like, oh, you sure. know, like mannerisms that you do on certain yeah. words. So like the one of the biggest tests for an actor is the redirect. Sorry about that. We just had uh, some technical difficulties. They're all fixed up now. Uh, we just finished talking about how redirects are one of the biggest things people use against actors to really gauge how good or how not good they can be on the spot. Um, yeah. Uh, but, improv. Yeah. Imp essentially improv. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, and then you, you continue doing auditions, right? Yeah. So, uh, again, like I was able to get some good feedback from that one and he was able to highlight my name and stuff like that. But again, with the audition process it really comes down to like you know a lot of it is luck but you know sometimes it doesn't take a good redirect sometimes it just takes a look or the experience or even yeah. your agent so i i didn't get that one but obviously when i did my first audition and i got that feedback i was pretty pretty excited like you know oh fuck maybe maybe i can do this you know maybe yeah. i am going in the right direction obviously the training helped because you know people at seneca their teachers are pretty fucking incredible oh yeah we had some pretty we had like a star-studded Cast yeah, we did. Of we did professors at that college, and like from all walks of life, right? Absolutely. Everybody, everybody had different experience. Some people were more experienced with theater. Some people were, you know, doing commercials and stuff like yeah. that. Some like were singers. We'd, we'd have certain professors who's like, oh yeah, they made it big, like just doing theater. This actor, yep. like this professor, movies. This actor, really good at voice acting. Like yeah. we, and they were all really good at what they did. Yeah, hundred percent. So. My second audition was the Tim Hortons audition, which yes. was 
yeah, again, luckily, my my first gig, I was extremely lucky that I was able to land my second gig. That's again, um, you read a lot of actors who who talk about you know they, they weren't able to get you know their first like gig for you know years, and it, it, it's it's all different for everybody. You know, people yeah. have dry periods. Some people get it off right out of the gate. Some people get it off right out of the gate and have a slow period. You know, everybody's different. So, uh, right before Canada Day, I got an audition for the Tim Hortons commercial. Uh, they don't tell you much about it. They just give you the sides. So my side was like, uh, I'm in, uh, I'm in a drive-through. I pull up too far away from the window. Or <laughs> <laughs> obviously, you know the whole, you know the whole deal. But yeah, yeah. So I was auditioning at man casting so obviously i don't know any of the casting places this is my second audition this was different from the first place i was not the same casting studio yeah so i think that one of the most challenging parts sometimes is like sometimes it's easier to audition by yourself because you you know what you prepared right yeah but when you go in with somebody else they have some other motive in mind you know what i mean yeah especially and, if you haven't worked together or talked about the scene together Exactly, and sometimes you go in there and they're trying to steal the scene from you, or sometimes you maybe they're not on the same wavelength, or they're nervous and you can tell that, and you kind of have to keep it going, pick it up, you know what I mean? Yeah. This guy was pretty fucking great, honestly. The the guy I went in with the first time who mm -hmm. played my dad, he was not the guy who ended up getting it, but he pretty much uh, get called. Uh, pretty much what happens is the uh, it, usually some of the times uh, it's not the casting director in there. Usually for the first audition, it's never the casting director. It's just somebody who will film it, so yeah. who works for the casting director. So she's like, hey, uh, you know, you two are going to be playing dad's son. You know, oh hey, I'm Ryan. Oh hey, what's your name? Like oh Chris, whatever. I was going good, good, good. And then this is what you're going to be doing. So we went in, and then like we, the guy honestly was great because he like instantly was not like oh this is how i'm gonna do it he's like you know what do you what do you think like you know what i mean like oh well this part from for the dad like i'll do this and i'm like okay uh maybe i'll like reach super awkwardly and you'll kind of be like a like you little you little shit like what are you doing you know what i mean you want to so get smacked again yeah exactly you know so we we did it and he honestly like we had one take where we we're like oh let's do it like this like oh i'll do it that way i don't remember exactly how like what what our take on was it but I remember one take, it was like he ended up going across and like grabbing it from me. You know what I mean? Because like the whole like idea is like, oh, I can't grab it. And then, oh, son, you can't grab it? Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll reach across you and grab it. So we did that. And then obviously uh, with the audition process, a lot of the times you you leave it there when, when you're done. You do mm -hmm. it and then you're kind of like, I'm going to leave it. I'm not going to try and think about it, which is hard. Cause, oh, absolutely. You know, you want it, but you don't want to invest that much emotion and, like, you know, uh, thought into it. Because when you don't get it, that's when it burns. You know yeah. what I mean? And they they never give you uh, a timeline of this is when you're going to hear back or whatever. <laughs> you'll know by the – yeah, like, exactly. you'll know when they, we tell you. They try, they try and, I guess, let you off lightly by kind of keeping that in the air. But at the same time, it's not really light because it's like, well, then you're really thinking, like, what day should I hear back? Yeah. So usually what I like to do, and I started doing this pretty quickly, was uh, on this on the sheet, they'll usually ask you, are you available these days? Uh, so usually you look at those days and be like, okay, well, that is the day that I'll be shooting. So let's say that's two weeks from now. I should be hearing back by the end of this week. And if yeah. I don't hear by, by, the, by the end of this week, I uh, probably didn't get it. So I did the audition. Obviously, I only told my parents. Uh, didn't want to speak too soon. Yeah. Remember, uh, I ended up 
finding out that I had a call back and I, I think it was the two days after Canada day. So I went to a party, didn't tell any of my friends or anything really. He said I went to an audition and I didn't want to tell them, Oh, you know, it's, it's Tim Hortons or, yeah. you know, whatever. Cause again, when you start to boast, that's when life will sometimes be like, okay, you fucker. Like you think you got yeah. it? No, you don't. <laughs> it reminds me of that scene. And uh, have you watched the movie? This is the end with us. Uh, oh. So as I was saying before we got cut out again, <laughs> Oh my God. Um, uh, it reminds me of that moment in uh, This Is The End, where um, uh, James Franco's character is like finally being sucked up into heaven. He's like, yeah, fuck you! And then he just gets dropped out of the sky. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> That's how it feels, like, metaphorically, obviously. But, uh, yeah, so I, I ended up getting... So, obviously, it's my second audition, so I'm not, yeah. really, not really trying to put a lot of thought to it. So yeah. I was I just like I left it and I'm like if I hear back whatever so I found out I think on Canada Day that I got a call back and I was like oh shit you know that's cool but obviously not like trying to get my hopes up too high I was like all right and this one was interesting obviously it was, uh, my call back to that man casting and it was early and obviously at this point this is what really made me want to move back to Toronto because when you get callbacks it'd be like all right yeah. uh for 10 in the morning and yeah, you kind of want to be close hours away so yeah. Can only imagine and obviously thinking about oh, fuck, I have this callback and then having a four hour drive to get to that audition. Yeah, you have to you'd have to leave at like five AM to yeah, Exactly. Yeah, to do a callback that you that might not even you get anything out of. Exactly. So I was very grateful that like my dad was extremely supportive and he uh he drove me down that time. I had my G two but I didn't drive in the city. I drove in yeah. Ottawa, but Toronto's a different beast. So. Oh absolutely. So he drove me down for that, and he drove me down for my first audition and the first uh, the first one for the Tim Hortons. So the callback, he also drove me down. And I went down, and pretty much I have like a little callback room. It's right by like kind of like the left. You don't, you don't even really know what it is. Like it, It's like pretty much like a big square, and then there's like a room in each corner. Yeah. And then right when you walk in before like – so there's like a little hallway, and then it enters a square. Like in the hallway, there's another room, and then uh, pretty much they brought me in there. And then I'm sitting there, and, like, there's obviously other people there, a couple. It's weird, too, because, like, when you go there, there'll be people who look like you. There'll yeah, well, they're looking who... for a they're looking for a look, right? Yeah, and then sometimes there isn't. Sometimes there's, like, a blonde-haired kid, or there's a kid who's, like, fucking a lot. Obviously, for me, I look young, so I'm Yeah, we, we were told that, like, as a class, we were told that early in our program, that you, in particular, would have a pretty easier time getting commercial work because of how young you look. Yeah, and I, again, I guess I was able to use that to my advantage because in high yeah. school that was not something I was really happy about. Yeah, like <laughs> to put it into perspective for the listeners, when our first day of class, when I met you, legitimately mm -hmm. the first thing that like entered my head is like, oh, this must be some like kid genius who like graduated high school at thirteen and he's just doing this for fun. And I yeah. was like, I was like, there's no way he's our age. And then yeah, we like we went to our uh, our first little party there and. Uh, scared the shit out of me <laughs> yep so yes i remember mark had to double check that i was of age before he <laughs> let me into the program yeah i did not believe you were anywhere close to our age i thought you were like 14 years old yeah maybe was, 15 i was he was a late grower so i had my growth spurt better part of halfway through the program yeah then, yeah and then you got tall like over the summer between first and second year yeah which is a which is a trip but yeah. <laughs> uh, that's a fucking different story but oh. uh yeah so uh it's honestly 
for again like my casting hit again it's way younger than i am yeah uh so usually i'm 21 right now but usually for my auditions i'm going in as like a 15 16 year old so like it's still intimidating but there's definitely like you definitely have like a little bit of an edge you're like okay like i can have an adult conversation with these people when i go in you know what i mean yeah i and, I, I only look that young but yeah, exactly exactly which and again was only, like a huge hurdle like becoming your friend and like having classes with you was like a huge hurdle for me to get over like the first month yes. or two it's yep. like you you look like my younger brother but you're very much on the same level as me yeah, because, exactly. because you are my age yeah it's like brain brain is is, is developed just body not so much at that point. <laughs> so uh so yeah uh that definitely kind of like gave me a little bit of confidence at points so i'm like oh all these kids all these like kids are fucking like 15 you know what i mean i'm 21 like you know even like if i can have a conversation with these people they'll they'll know oh this kid's like you know this kid's mature yeah so or i hope i am but <laughs> uh so i went i remember i was in like the little waiting room outside this callback room and there's this uh there's this light skin guy sitting there and it's just me and him. Yeah. And I'm like, this guy looks like, you know, he's like a dad. And I'm like, I'm like in my head. I'm like, there's no way this fucking guy is going to be playing my dad. I mean, I'm white as shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? And this guy's like, he's mixed, but like, it's like, I, I definitely, definitely would not like, you know, on a commercial, you'd be like, probably look at that and be like, huh? Yeah. But that <laughs> whole dynamic on? has been like changing in the commercial world. Yeah, for sure. But like at that point, like obviously when you're in a callback, you're kind of like, whoa, like what? yeah is, is, is this what i'm do- okay like you know what i mean yeah so i was like uh i was like oh what's your callback time or what's your what's your audition time and he's like oh like blah blah blah, blah, blah. and i'm like oh shit like that's my time too that's me <laughs> yeah and he's like oh okay well like i'm actually like i'm i'm married to this i like i'm married to like an irish girl like my, my son like pretty much same skin tone as you and oh. i was like oh okay and then i was like all right like you know what i mean and he's like all right like you know let's do it and then like a lot of the times like when you go in for a callback there will be the casting director, but it's mostly the people that are going to be making the decision. So it's like for commercials, it's usually the corporate people. Yeah. So there's this, I fucking walk in and there's like seven fucking people behind this fucking big ass, like, like kind of boardroom, like table. Yeah. And you go in and you're like, whew, you know, first callback or the, so my first audition when I did the callback, it was just a casting director. Yeah. This was a commercial. So I guess they were obviously getting it, produced a lot quicker than a commercial they have a lot more that they have to put into a tv show so yeah a lot more steps to take but i went in it's like fucking eight people i go and i do it and uh i thought i fucked it up for sure like this guy was great who I was with who's playing my dad but uh i went in and they're like yeah like uh you like you, you can say something if you want you know what i mean like when you come up and you're too far away like when you look <laughs> at them and they're like yeah like uh so i didn't say anything the first time and then I misheard what he said for the second take. And the guy who was giving me the redirects, I didn't know at the time was the director. Because they're not going to tell you. No. You know what I mean? So I was, he's like, yeah, like, you you can say sorry. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I didn't, I thought he meant, like, you can if you want to. But I think he was more saying, like, yeah, say sorry. You can do it because I'm telling you to. <laughs> exactly. And I didn't do it again. And he's like, yeah, no, like, this take, I want you to say sorry. And in my head, I'm like, <laughs> oh, fuck. Like, I just fucked up my chance. Like, I, yeah. I didn't take the direction. You know what I mean? And I did it, and obviously, like, I was very subtle about it. Like, I didn't really, I was kind of like, oh, sorry. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, like, obviously, they, they're looking for different stuff than what you think you're putting out there. Yeah. So, 
I left and I remember my dad's like, oh, how is it? How'd it go? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Starts crying. <laughs> I, I fucked it up, dad. Take me home. <laughs> I like my other dad better. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. And then I was like, I don't know. And he's like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, I, I don't know. Did it go good? Don't know. Did it go bad? <laughs> I wouldn't know. You know what I mean? <laughs> so we're going on the way home. And the one thing that I actually I don't know, maybe I wasn't paying attention, but like in the program, they didn't really tell us about being put on hold. Yeah. They didn't, they didn't really talk about that. They talked about callbacks, and then when you land the gig, and obviously auditions, redirects, stuff like that, slate. But uh, they didn't really talk about being put on hold. And being, hold, being put on hold, I thought, so I was halfway home, and I get this email, uh, hey, Ryan, you're being put on hold, like you're available these dates, right? And I was like, oh, fuck. Like being put on hold means like, I thought, oh, they're processing me to get the gig, so I haven't. Oh. So I'm like, Dad, I got the fucking gig, you know what I mean? I'm put on hold. And my dad's like, yeah, and you know, we're all, like, celebrating. Yeah. And then, like, I'm sitting there, and I'm going home, and I'm like, I think I know what being put on hold means. Like, I should look it up, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I just, like, look up, what does being put on hold mean for uh, for actors in an audition? And it says, oh, you're in the final round, and you don't have the gig, but you're you're either it's you and a couple other people and they're going to make the decision today. So it's oh. no, you don't have it. You don't have it. You're in, you're in the finals, but yeah. you, you can, your chances like 50, 50 or even less if there's more people. And I think there was three of us in the, in the final process. So I was like, Oh no, you know what I mean? And I was like, yeah. oh, I just spoke too soon. I'm like, this other guy's going to get it. Like this is life going to be like, Oh, surprise motherfucker. And this yeah. is what being put on hold is. So at the time when I went back, uh, I was when I was back home. I was working at Walmart again. I worked there through high school, but I got rehired pretty quickly because they knew me. Yeah. And I remember I worked the next day. I was working on meat as a meat associate, so I would have to open up the meat department at four in the morning. Jesus so the, Christ! So I got there at four in the morning, and I was assuming I'm like, you know, today is going to be the day if I find out. So I was like, I'm not going to look at my phone. You know what I mean? Because I'm like, that's just gonna put me in a bad headspace. I'm going to be like, you know, waiting for something. Yeah. And then I remember like I was looking, so the first part of my shift, I was looking at my phone and then I had the, the whole idea, like, don't look at it. Like it's going to fuck you up. Yeah. So I didn't, I didn't look at it. And then like, I was like, did I just hear a buzz in my pocket? Like what the fuck? And I it look rips and it's like, the phone out. Yeah. I look and I'm like, miss call. And it's like voicemail. And then it says my agent's like, Hey Ryan, like, I just want to say like, congratulations. You like, you got the gig. Oh, uh, nice. And I was like, holy fuck, you know what I mean? Yeah. I was like, oh my god. And uh, I was just like, this is incredible, you know what I mean? You know what I, mean? I called my dad right away. I go hide in the shitter. I'm, <laughs> I'm at work, but I'm like, fuck this, you know what I mean? Like, fuck yeah. this Walmart shit. Like, and, uh, I'm on a Tim Hortons commercial. Yeah. I quit. <laughs> and they're like, this was Friday. This was yeah. a Friday, so I had the audition on Thursday. And they're like, yeah, so you're filming it Monday. And, oh. oh, no, you're filming it Tuesday, but the wardrobe was Monday. And I'm like, oh, man, like, I'm booked for this whole fucking weekend and next week. So I'm like, oh, bro, like, this isn't good. And then little did I know. So this is another thing that, uh, again, we had an amazing program. They taught us a lot. But there's a couple of things that I, uh, we, like, I wasn't really taught that well on. Mm -hmm. And one of them is when you're non-union, you still can audition for union. Yeah, so, they, they did tell us that. Yeah, no, but they didn't. They, yeah, they told us that. But they didn't tell us, like, the process of, like, how oh, it works. Oh, okay. So you have to pay. So yeah. this was a union commercial because this was a Canadian national yeah. television commercial. So I had to pay four hundred and fifty dollars for a Jesus. permit. Jesus. 
to to do the commercial. And it was Friday. It was in the morning, and actor closed early on Friday. So I had to call them, get a permit, print it out, send it to the people who were casting me by the time after closed. So I had to go take like an hour and a half break. And I had to like, I obviously I couldn't take an hour and a half. So I had to like hide. Yeah. But I had to go to the, I had to buy the permit that day. I had to print it off. I had to send it in. I had to call Actra, tell them what I'm doing, all that. Actra was obviously great about it. Right? Yeah. But it was just like, it was so clustered, right? And then yeah. I was just like, holy crap. Like this is like, you know, moving so fast. And like what was worrying me is like, I won't get it in in time. And then they'll have to pick somebody else because they can't legally have me on there. Yeah. So I'm like, I can't let this opportunity slip. So I did it all. I was able to do it. Uh, I drove down like two days later. Uh, and then, yeah, there was the whole like trip of like what the <laughs> like first day you show up for like the wardrobe. It's really interesting. You're usually at like the place where like the casting studio is mm-hmm. or the pro- it's usually the production uh, place. So like the, the office building. And I stayed at my buddy Lenny's place. Uh, you met Lenny. I have met Lenny. Yeah, so I stayed. He was very kind enough to let me stay there for like two, three days. He's a very kind guy. He is a very kind guy. Interesting <laughs> fellow. <laughs> very. And uh, yeah, so I I went in, and the wardrobe process is an interesting one. Uh, they get you to try on all sorts of different outfits, and uh, pretty much you'd go. I would go into like the boardroom, and they would. They're looking at you and they're like, uh, like uh, he doesn't look good in that, or like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, just getting just like, judged. You just feel like, yeah, you just feel like a fucking like, like a test tube subject or something, and they're just like, oh, like oh, that doesn't work, you know what I mean? And like, Give you think they're something. talking, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, and you're like, man, this is weird, but like, obviously they're talking about my look, not me personally. So like, and then so yeah, I spent like four hours that day. I got just trying outfits on, dude. Literally uh, for the Staples one, bro, it was a lot longer. Oh my <laughs> it was, god! I think it was eight and a half hours for Staples. Oh my god! Of just trying on. <laughs> yep. Every every five minutes, new outfit. Oh my god! New it's outfit. not it's not slutty enough. It's, <laughs> it's so, not smart enough. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, hmm, he's not sophisticated. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so then. Uh, we, uh, I got to meet the girl who was the Tim Hortons employee, who is actually a Tim Hortons employee. I heard that like, Tim Hortons do that. Like Tim Hortons yeah. actually includes actual employees in their commercials. That was really fucking cool because I was like, oh, this is, oh, I mean, it was cool, but obviously like a little bit intimidating because I'm like, oh, like, you're an actress. Like, like, what do you mean? She's like, oh no, like they just pretty much sent out this like, it almost sounds like a not like a competition, but like put your thing in for a chance to be in a commercial. Yeah. So it's like she was from. Like fucking like Nova Scotia or something, and she came and they, to Toronto, and they flew her in, bro. Oh wow! Yeah, like there was some like this is like a this is a. I'm beginning to some, think. I was about to say I'm beginning to think this isn't your come up story. This is this is hers. Y- yeah, <laughs> I was like, holy shit, man! Like she she got flown in. You know what I mean? Yeah. All this shit. I had to and, pay four hundred and fifty dollars <laughs> just to be on set. <laughs> <laughs> she had a tear in the bathroom. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so, like, yeah, she was super nice, and, like, uh, the next day, we filmed in Etobicoke, and Lenny lives on the West End, so I had the car, like, this was actually, the good thing was, like, my dad didn't drive me home, or didn't drive me in that day, so I actually mm-hmm. brought the car down, and I had it for the, for the three days that I was down there. Okay. It was only a day shoot, so one day was wardrobe, then the next day, six o'clock sharp, fucking get to set, and, uh, you know, you're a little nervous, there's, like, uh have this whole tim hortons that's an actual tim hortons but it's like shut down yeah. for the day 
and uh, you know, you, I show up and I'm like, hey, like you know, I'm here for the uh, for the commercial. Obviously, you're not gonna like walk on set on your first gig and be like, step aside, peasant. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> today is my, is my day. It's just so Wednesday I, for you. Today is I'm, my day. Yeah, so I like went in. I'm like, oh, like you know, like I'm here for the commercial. Like, oh, like what? You know, a lot. Like they're obviously not gonna like expect you to be like the main person or whatever. So I was like, yeah, like I'm in it. And they're like, oh, like you're 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 playing Jack. Oh, okay, like. So I went to the into the wardrobe and got to meet some amazing uh, people who work uh, wardrobe in Toronto and That's told me good. some pretty incredible stories about some of the people that they worked with. And uh, it was it was honestly a trip. The whole day was like crazy. Like I can go on for fucking hours about this, but yeah, uh, yeah like uh, pretty much, it was really interesting because I didn't since it was Canadian national. Uh, mm-hmm. I was, I'm obviously not too aware of the Quebec union or anything like that. So I thought it was playing all across Canada. It was, but except for Quebec. So Quebec had its own actor and own Tim Horton's actor. Do the same commercial. The exact same commercial. <laughs> and every single time I do a scene, he would be the one coming after. So it'd be back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. <laughs> so I would do, I do whatever. And then he'd do it. And then I do it. And so it was cool though. Cause like I got to do mine, do my interpretation, yeah. and then watch what he would do. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, that was pretty great. Like, they're really nice. Uh, everybody was great on set. Uh, it was pretty cool because it was like a union commercial, so they had quite a bit of, like, money involved in the whole thing. So, like, fucking, like, catering, man. Like, yeah. they were giving me some crazy, crazy Yo, did, food. did Tim Hortons cater it? So yeah, I got free Timmy. So they had, dude. This is a cool thing. They had a Timmy's truck, and I could go up and order anything from. Really? So I, yeah, I would just go in and be like, I need a coffee or like a donut or something. But then they actually had like, so they always have like a like a trailer for uh, like the chefs. So like they'll give like they came over and like, oh, do you want like a smoked salmon sandwich? And I'm like, oh, cool, that's lunch. No, yeah. that's a snack. That was the snack. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then for lunch, they like took us in a van, gave us a, like you know pretty much buy whatever the fuck you want at this like Italian restaurant. Oh Everybody wow. from the cast got to sit down. Uh, I was with all the Quebec actors and the guy who played my dad. And there was one car in the commercial that was behind us, and I guess uh, the girl in the car behind us obviously just extra. They got called in last minute to do extra work, but I guess yeah. like the actress is uh, like a pretty well res- like well known, respectable like Quebec. Uh, actress mm-hmm. and the guy who played my dad was uh, bilingual so like they like I got to like learn about him and like her and all that interesting stuff and yeah like it was pretty cool like honestly like the director was super nice uh, he came to he was actually from California <clears throat> it was it was a trip though because like with commercials it's it's a little bit of a different dynamic because like on TV shows and stuff it's like the director's vision and obviously yeah. the producers but it's like almost like the director is like channeling what the corporate people want. So there was mm-hmm. a van or not a van. There was like an RV full of corporate and they had a, he had an earpiece and he would do his take and then corporate be like, no, 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 we want you to do this or that. Yeah. So <clears throat> fucking, it was just, I don't know. The whole experience was like really surreal. Like, cause I was like, Oh, this is how it is. You know what I mean? And like, it, it almost seems like a totally different world. Like these people are like, you know, 
putting yeah. all this money into this. Everybody has different experiences. Well, uh, and it must be it must be frustrating now because you know you did the Tim Hortons commercial and then you were also in a Staples commercial, uh-huh. and so like it must really feel like you were you know on the rise, like at least in terms yeah. of like getting steady work, and then just mm-hmm. shut down. Yeah, done. done. Everything's put on pause. Everything like. Mm-hmm. No, it it honestly was weird. Um, yeah, I'm trying to th- obviously like. There's only so much, like, I don't, obviously it sucks, but at the same time, it's like, all right, well, maybe this is, like, meant to happen, you know what I mean? Obviously, I'm not saying, like, oh, it's a prophecy or some shit, but it's like, all right, well, now I get some time to, To reflect. To reflect, and not only that, but now I get time to, like, like fucking practice a bunch, you know what I mean? I have time now to take these acting classes. I had, obviously had time when I was doing that, too. I just wasn't doing it. But yeah. now that I didn't, that I don't have any sort of like you know, ch- like channel for me to do my acting, now I have time to do these classes with. Uh, I'm doing class with Toronto Actor Studios with Thet, mm-hmm. and he's a he's a great teacher and he's fucking amazing, and you know I I get to go to these classes weekly and I get to practice my craft and I get to just like try and improve. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So whenever it does open, I'll be more, I'll probably be more prepared than when I was doing that stuff. You know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. So. And not only that is, the fucking this industry is going to be on overdrive. It is. It it's it's going to get so inflated. Everything is so backlogged, right? Uh, oh yeah. You know. Yeah. So like everything's going to be shooting. So like I have, I'm excited and like Naka won't get some great opportunities ahead of me. So oh, I absolutely. think this is honestly kind of a good period just to like take a breath and go, okay, now back to the basics. Now focus on your craft. This is what it's about. This is like you know what I mean. It's almost like school again. Yeah. You know, so I mean, for right now, I think this is a good place to leave it off at while we get into yeah. the the ad reel, and then uh, <laughs> we will be right back. For sure. Alrighty. This episode is sponsored by Brotherhood MFG. Brotherhood MFG is a clothing brand centered around Japanese car culture with a fresh style, and they've even given me a special discount code to give to you guys. So if you go to teespring.com/stores/brotherhoodmfg and use discount code Pastime in all capitals, you'll get 13% off the entire store. All right, and we're back for the third time because uh, the audio keeps cutting out. Uh, we're not really sure what's going on there, but uh, anyways, um, uh, Ryan, you and I know each other because we went to school together. We went to college together. That, that, that's uh, how we met. Yeah, student student village or student not even student housing. It's just the village. Yeah, that's where we lived together in our second uh, year. It was like yeah. a, a residential area that pretty well. I guess there was like a agreement with the landlords where they would only rent to students. Yeah, like I I don't really know what the whole thing was because like I I'm actually I haven't told you this I'm actually living there or I have a place right there again. Oh really? Yes, I do. I do. Hmm. Uh, I'm on the other side of the village now. Okay. For for people who don't quite understand, basically what our living situation was, we basically lived in a house. Mm-hmm. But this house would have like a million bedrooms, and yeah. we were technically renting the bedrooms, mm-hmm. and everything else was communal. Yeah, it, it was weird. Like, it. The, the, I think the weirdest part was like we practically like had the basement. Well, yeah, because we and- were in three of the four basement apartment bedrooms, uh-huh. whatever, and, and our fourth roommate was just never there. Yeah, he was never there. Um, it was weird too, cause like, you guys like had like more like official kind of rooms, or like legitimate rooms. Like you, yeah. you had your little hallway with the bathroom, and then it was like kind of like your room, and then Simon's room was like the farthest. 
Yeah. And then mine was like, it almost right off the like, kitchen. Yeah. It was just like in the middle of the fucking kitchen. It was right beside the refrigerator. Mm-hmm. So that was interesting. Uh, wasn't the biggest fan of that room, but I think <laughs> living with you and Simon made that a lot easier. Yeah. I mean, it was still a fun time. Like the fact that we had like a yeah. monopoly on the house because one, two, three, four of us, three of us were in the, were in the basement and another one of our uh, classmates, Annie, who was on the podcast previously, um, uh, she had one of the upstairs ones. So there were, there were four of us living in this house. So we kind of, I don't want to say ran it, but we, we had the biggest, uh, I guess say in like what was going on there. Well, yeah, because if it had to come to a vote. There was yeah. already all of us, right? Yeah. 4v3, I think? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. It was a fucking... It's an interesting area. I don't... I don't pref- I don't really say it's a good area, but... I, I think, think it's okay for college students. Like, it, yes. it's an okay college experience, because it's kind of like living in residence and, like, kind of getting the residence experience without really spending the money to a live in a college residence. Yeah. residence experience. Yeah. Just with no it's, security. It's like the B version of what a residence should be. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> I mean, we did meet a couple of good people that way, and a couple of yeah. people that I, I would much care to forget. Yeah, uh, for sure. <laughs> I'm to get into that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, no, uh, I think it was pretty... Con- I think, for me, it was, like, more convenience over comfort. Absolutely, absolutely. First year was the opposite, where comfort over convenience... Yeah, because, again, it was super convenient. Like, at least, you know, I had a bed, and I was ten minutes away from campus, right? Yeah, and, like, the kind of, like, whole aspect, obviously, I lived with Simon first year, but in second year, uh, you know, living with three people from my program, Yeah, and, like, you know, when you got split off into the other yeah, class. Yeah, that, that sucked. Our, our class got split up, and of the four of us, I was the only one in the other class. Yeah, but, like, it, it also kind of added a cool dynamic, because you would come home and tell me stuff that <laughs> tell happened. You, tell you all the drama. Yeah, all the drama. Yeah, fuck, too much <laughs> of that. Let's not get into that. Yeah. <laughs> but you come home and tell me stuff. Oh, this happened in this class. Oh, this, like, somebody did this or that or, yeah. oh, I'm doing the exact same scene that you're doing. Good bull hunting. That, that, was, that was convenient. <laughs> there was a couple times where me and you had some crossover, and we had, like, yeah. the same homework, yeah. essentially. And I had the same homework with Simon a few times yeah. as well, our other roommate. So, and not only that, but, like, obviously, again, the living situation wasn't bad. Wasn't amazing. So whenever it was, I was having days where I was like, fuck, you know what I mean? <laughs> I'll come out of my room, and you're chilling, cooking food or something. I'll yeah. be like, all right, I can talk to Fred for three hours, get my mind off living in a fucking closet. I mean, the day, the day we all moved in, I, I cooked all of us dinner. Yeah, that was great. That was yeah. really great. Because I'm a bit of a cook myself. Oh, yeah, just a bit. <laughs> just a bit. Yeah, yeah, and it was great. Like, we went and saw movies together. Remember we went and saw Justice League? Yeah. Uh, me, you, and Jill went and saw It. Remember that? Yep. That was fun. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, it was, that was, it honestly, like, kind of gave me, like, a sense of, like, community. Exactly. To, like, for, yeah. It, it wasn't like, the most comfortable place to live, but there was definitely no, a no. comfort in the community that we made out of it. No, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, I fucking hated my room. I did not like it <laughs> you, at you, all. I mean, it, you got a window. I didn't even get a window. I mean, you had space, though, my God. I did. I had a walk-in closet. Yeah. I, I didn't have a fucking closet, man. <laughs> you had, like, a like a dresser, right? Yeah. Yeah, but the dresser didn't even have shit to put clothes in. No, it was, like, one of those... I don't even know what they're called. 
It, it's yeah. just one of those dressers that basically, like, you open the dresser and it's just like a, like a hanging rack. Yeah, it was awful. And then <laughs> the Chronicles with the washing machine. Yeah, our, our washing machine was never working. It never worked. And they, our land, so like the whole fucked up situation was our landlord, uh, or not our landlord, our landlord's brother. Who lived upstairs. Who lived upstairs. But the whole thing is, is like, he was almost just like a secondary character. Like the primary like thing was like, we would have to deal with the landlord's brother's girlfriend yeah who thought she had some like god-given right that like she was like the boss she, she could just evict us whenever yeah and like you would have these you could just tell from the beginning that like she just didn't she was a very judgmental person you could tell oh yeah that. and she didn't like us and there was no way you could change that yeah and you would have these very basic stupid fucking arguments yeah about to be fair, only thing, to be fair, we did not make a good first impression. Because I, we did throw a fucking party our first night living there. I wasn't there, though. Were you not there for that? I was not. I showed up the next day. Oh, my God. Yeah, uh, like, our first night living there, we invited a bunch of people. We had quite a party. And, yeah, she came downstairs and, like, screamed at us. Because I think it was, like, on a fucking Wednesday or something like that. Yeah. I, d I was not there for that i remember i showed up the next day and that's when i got the first taste because i remember the first night i stayed there i passed out really early i woke up at one in the morning there's a text on my phone from you you were outside on the back with annie yeah and we were up shooting the shit till like five in the fucking morning yeah i, I still have that picture actually yeah so do i and uh she gave a shit that night and i was kind of like whoa this lady's really hostile for you know not yeah. a very loud conversation like what the hell and then you told me about the previous night and then yeah. i was like oh that's the that's the dynamic already which kind of yeah. gave me a bad taste in my mouth well i mean eventually it got to the point where annie did message the landlord like asking specifically how much power she did have and then after annie told the landlord she completely left us alone yeah yeah no for, well i mean for the most part uh yeah well she'd still give us like looks yeah yeah i remember fucking it was so bad uh I think you were there for that, where it was like, no, Simon got the, uh, got, like, tried to get the landlord's brother. He wasn't there. She came down and was like, oh, this washing machine is not broken. Yeah. Me and Simon both were like, oh, no, it's fucking broken. She's like, what do you mean? Like, the buttons work. It's like, it, that doesn't mean that it works. Like, buttons, yeah, yeah push a button, but, like, it doesn't get the water out. It, like, pulls up. Well, I, I, I know why that happened. Why is like, that? So, remember how, so we had a coin... It wasn't a it wasn't a coin operated washing machine, but the washing machine was connected to a breaker, and the breaker was coin operated. So basically, you would uh, put in like what three dollars, and then yeah. with the three dollars in there, it would the breaker would give power to the washing machine for like what was it like a like an hour and yeah, fifteen minutes that. or something like that. So yep. what would happen was the amount of time that you could put on the breaker was shorter than the amount of time it took for the washing machine to do a full cycle. So basically, the washing machine would be in the middle of a cycle, and then the breaker would just shut power off to it. Yeah, and it would just have a shit ton of water in yeah. the your in clothes the would be machine. swimming. Yeah, and, you know, pretty much their whole, their whole aspect of that was, oh, too fucking bad for you, you know what I mean? Yeah. It wasn't like, oh, you know... uh it was weird because, like, obviously since our landlord didn't live there, he wasn't really around. And 
since the landlord's brother was there, he was kind of like supposed to be in charge, but he was so yeah. absent-minded in every way. Yeah, which just sucks was, because our landlord was dope. He was sick. He like, was super sick. Like one of my favorite I, memories of our landlord was, uh, it was some whenever it was like a like they're they're Asian and yep. whenever it was some kind of like Asian holiday, he would come Chinese, I believe. Yeah, yeah, he would come to the apartment and give us all a gift in the theme of whatever. Like, yep. Um, uh, Asian holiday it was, which was dope. Year of the whatever, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, one day, we're all in Ryan's room, uh, <laughs> rolling a joint, and uh, you never really, like, shut your door. You always left it, like, a crack open. Yeah. And our landlord came to, like, give us, it was, like, a Tim Hortons gift card or something yep, like that. Yeah, it was. It was and, a $5 Tim Hortons gift card. Yeah, just for whatever. Yeah. And uh, he he knocked on Ryan's door, and it was just, like, like right out of the movies. He knocked on the door, and the door just kind of, sw- like creeps open and he looks at us and we're all huddled over ryan who's rolling this joint and he just proceeds to have a normal conversation with us and we all think we're in shit yeah he didn't care yeah and then yeah and then he kind of just like looked at you he's like you're not smoking that inside are you and we're like no and he's like oh okay like i do it too (laughs) we're like yeah he's like i I smoke weed like i have fun and i was like oh cool like you know what i mean like i respect that fact that you're not coming out of the gate with this judgment of like, oh, you fucking like, yeah. druggy, you know what I mean? You're going to close out of here. It's like, no, I, I will take it outside. Yeah, um, I think I think the only thing that he asked us, he's all like, I don't care. As long as you're smoking it outside, I don't care. But I prefer that exactly. you smoke it in the back porch than the front porch, just in case. Yeah. And we yeah, went, and, and we went, okay. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, no, I had no problem with him. I, the only thing that I had a problem with was I fucked up at the end and I forgot about the whole first and that last month's rent oh so what happened was when i was about to leave uh our last month was april it was paid for yeah obviously your last month was later or you extended it but yeah, mine I, ex- was I extended mine yeah so mine was april he i fucked up didn't remember the fact that i gave him that month when i moved in oh did you I pay him twice him, i paid him twice he didn't tell me shit oh and then he just took the money he accepted it and I hit him up like two weeks later after I had the realization like what the fuck like yeah all right we just cut out again but uh, Ryan you're telling <laughs> a story where you accidentally paid rent twice yes so when I was about to move out last month's rent yeah I already paid for it I yeah. gave him the money he accepted it pretty much I was talking to Simon and he's like why'd you pay that last month dude we paid for it yeah and I was like well what the fuck he accepted my money he, he may have just said... assumed he may have just assumed you were also extending your he- your lease could have been but like he had people looking at my apartment which uh, kind of gives me a different intention but yeah. i messaged him and i was like hey man uh i gave you 600 and whatever dollars uh i need that back and he's like oh yeah oh yeah no I, yeah for sure and i'm just like in my head i'm like you were gonna fucking take that money weren't you you're just gonna fucking you know yeah. you're just gonna take that and be like okay well, well this guy fucked up i get to keep yeah. you know better part of over half a grand this is like uh, that was like the one thing mm. from that guy specifically where I was like, man, I I don't I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I never had like any kind of issue with that because I was like lucky enough to have a really good summer job in between first yeah. and second year. So when when I moved in, like I paid my rent for the whole year, like the day I moved in. So, yeah, like, I remember that. You were at the mine, right? Yeah, I was working in a yeah. mine as an underground mechanic. Uh-huh. And, and yeah, so, like, I didn't even have to, like, think about rent for, like, uh-huh. that entire year. Yeah, no, that's crazy. Uh, I, unfortunately, had to get my parents paid for that. 
I I don't think I actually had a. Oh no, yeah, no. Between first and second year, I ripped my hand open really bad. Oh, that's right. Which kind of prevented me from doing any sort of normal job because it was a pretty bad rip. Yeah. My, I took my dog off uh, the chain outside. She's a big husky, really big. Fuck. And uh, <laughs> I put her on the leash, and she likes to run. So I guess she like you know I'm free. I'm off the chain. I get to run. Yeah. I am loosely holding onto this leash, and it's like almost looks. It's almost like kind of like a rope type material, and it's like sliding through my hand as she's bolting it. And I decide to oh you know I can fucking stop her. So as it's sliding through, probably already cutting my hand, I grip down on it, and the webbing in between my index finger and my thumb just like it literally made like a noise. <laughs> like, and I was just like oh fuck. So I let go of the leash. I look, and there's this fucking hole in my hand where I yeah. can see my thumb muscles. It's like, oh, look, that's uh, that's my insides. Yeah, that's that's how my thumb works. And uh, <laughs> I had to get, like, 12 stitches and oh. pretty much, yeah, couldn't really do much uh, for the majority of the summer. And, I mean, most jobs, you need your fucking hands. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I was like, well, uh, I can still kind of skateboard. Uh, <laughs> so I just kind of skated with this fucked up hand and then yeah when i came back uh second year and yeah yeah but, uh yeah like honestly it was i think i think but pretty much since the end of first year till the end of second year i had a pretty rough go with my with my health i guess yeah was I, way to put it yeah didn't you have like appendicitis and didn't even know yeah, so that's a good story. <laughs> Let's section into that one. Uh, that was that, I'm sorry, that was just like, by the way, guys, I had appendicitis this whole time. Yeah, that was fucked. Yeah, so, your, your pain tolerance must be ridiculous if that's, like, oh. Yeah, yeah I, I don't even know, man. Like, honestly, looking back on it, I'm like, how the fuck did I not know? Yeah. But, but uh, the whole thing was, like, me, you, and Simon got really, we used to always, like, go into Simon's room and play video games. Yeah. And we, at the time, were really into speedrunners. <laughs> That's true. Speedrunner. Oh, my God. This is when we were into that. This is like... I've blocked that memory. game out of my memory. Yeah. So this was right after we... The school went on strike. So yes. we were probably on strike for about a week. Yeah. And, you know, we're all chilling. I order some Pizza Hut to myself. Get a big box of pizza, you know, wings, fucking yeah. everything. I eat that, and Pizza Hut normally... You know, doesn't work too well, but you know, when you're stoned and you're hungry and you're in college, yeah. you eat some gucky food. Yeah. So I ate a lot of it, and I remember we were playing speedrunners, and my stomach started to rumble, almost like a feeling of like, oh, you know, you gotta go to the bathroom, you gotta take a big deuce. Yeah. And then it like all of a sudden it just like it kind of like you know usually when you get gas it, you kind of feel it moving down your body and then you gotta go to the bathroom. Yeah. This one it was moving down and then it was like a halt. It was just like a, like it was like my stomach like felt like it was fucking like bubbling and I was like oh like and I remember like my mouth started salivating which is usually like a sign like you know most people is like oh I gotta fucking puke so hmm. I remember like I went to the bathroom and like I just like, fucking I couldn't puke and then like I remember this was like when we were playing speedrunners and then like the rest of the night I kind of just like hung out with you guys went to bed early yeah and then it was during the strike so every single day I was kind of like hanging out uh, thought I had. I honestly just thought it was food poisoning or like maybe I had some 
Yeah, like, you waited a long time before you went to go see somebody just to find out it was appendicitis. Fucking four days, four or five days, five days before I got the surgery, or the fifth day I got the surgery. Yeah. And then, yeah, like, fucking, I remember I was hanging out with you and shit, and then uh, the, I remember I was like, okay, this is, like, day three by now. And I was like, all right, well, if it doesn't get better, I'll go tomorrow. Woke up in the middle of the night, and I was, I sleep in my stomach, and I, like, moved and it was like this really specific pain in like my lower abdomen. I'm like, whoa, like that's weird. Like, yeah. why is it right there? And then I was like, okay, before we obviously York, uh, York Lanes was right there, and they had the apple tree or whatever, the medical clinic. Yeah, I think we all had chronicles there, but <laughs> we did. Yeah, and I was like, all right, before I go to like before I go into the studio, uh, into the class to like practice, we were doing third term. I was like, okay. I'll go fucking get it checked. So I go get it checked, and she's like. Oh, like you might have appendicitis. Uh, you'll do an ultrasound tomorrow. I was like, oh, okay. Like, what the fuck? Like, you know what I mean? I'm like, I whenever I've known people who have had it, you probably do too. Like, it's usually pretty urgent when. Yeah, you, you know, you like it. immediately. Yeah, it's it's usually like, oh, when you have it, you need to go get that shit cut out or whatever. Yeah. So I was like, okay, well maybe I should look up online. Obviously, I don't recommend anybody to look up your symptoms online. <laughs> but when it comes to appendicitis, because you'll find out you're already dead. Yeah, you, you probably have, like, terminal cancer, and you should have been dead 10 months ago, but... According, yeah, according to the internet. WebMD. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I remember I was like, it pretty much said, if you had any symptoms, go to the hospital right away. And I'm like, well, this lady wants me to wait, and she's known that I've had it for four days, these symptoms. And I'm yeah. like, this online, on multiple things, say, oh, you got to go in right away. So I'm walking back home, about to take an Uber from the fucking, from the Delabo apartment, yeah. and you and Simon are walking to class... <laughs> I'm going to the hospital. I have uh, I have appendicitis. <laughs> All right, man. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys are like, where are you going? <laughs> where are you going? And I'm like, I'm going to the hospital. I have appendicitis. And I remember you guys just like, what? Like, <laughs> and I remember you guys were like, okay, well, see you later. Like, I feel like you guys probably were like, okay, yeah, bullshit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I thought it was like you like doing a goof on us. It's like, yeah, I'm going to the hospital. They told me I have appendicitis. Let's go find out what this really is. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's kind of, I thought it was just like you like saying, they told me I have appendicitis. I think they're full of shit. I'm going to the hospital to find out. So I was like, yeah. fucking good luck, man. Yeah. So I went and then I spent like eight nine hours at like i think it was like north york hospital just fucking yeah. waiting and pretty much they're like oh like they're like uh pressing on it on like my stomach they're like does this hurt i'm like not really uh they're like jump up and down like they literally had me do like fucking jumping jacks and, shit. <laughs> and he's like oh like the the nurse is like you don't have it like you know you'd be like on the ground wailing in pain if you had it and i'm like oh cool like i get to leave the hospital you know what i mean yeah and then i went for an ultrasound and then the lady was like, you have to be extremely honest with me. Like, let me know when I press on things on like different areas of your admin, what hurts and what doesn't. Yeah. And then I told her and then I was like chilling. And then they came over and they like gave me, they like bring over like an IV bag. And I'm like, what, what the hell? Like <laughs> I thought they just said like, I'm good. I'm going to leave soon. And they're like, Oh no. Like, dude, you have appendicitis. Like you, you have to get it cut out tonight. And I was like, are you fucking nuts? Like, what? like <laughs> going from, in the morning, not even knowing. All right, we just got cut off again. But as Ryan was saying, he went from that morning not really thinking anything too big to being told he needs invasive surgery immediately. Yeah, and I got it, went home. I live outside of Ottawa, stayed yeah. here for a week, recovered. Recovery is not bad. Obviously, back in the day, 
the surgery was probably really fucking risky, but now it's like I have two little like half centimeter incisions that nice. are like on my ab and I can't even see it. So I oh. pretty much, yeah, like they're the, the scar's not even there really. Honestly, even the next day I was like I was fine. Uh, but yeah, I remember coming back after the after the strike and we were we were all in uh, Mark's class. Uh, was it what was that one with like the play? What was that class called? That was just I think it was just called like acting three. Yeah. And I remember he's like, oh, like, how was your break? I'm like, oh, like, I had appendicitis. And he's like, what? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. He's like, y- 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 are you sure you're good? I'm like, oh, I'm good. <laughs> I mean, it was, like, I think five weeks by the time we got back. I don't know. Like, is there such thing as, like, tame appendicitis? Or were you just, like, some weird fucking anomaly? I, like, they said, like, so the whole thing was they actually did give me an option. Like, oh, you can wait over the weekend and we can give you antibiotics to see if you can unplug. So the whole thing of appendicitis is like it's a part of your lower intestine, and what happens is it gets clogged with poo. Oh. And it builds up, and it builds up, and it builds up. So it's all this bacteria, and what happens is it gets so like built up that it'll burst. And then after I did the surgery, uh, two things I found out. First of all, I have an abnormally large appendix, which probably is one of the reasons why I was able to last that long. They said I had oh, okay. an appendix like the size of somebody who's like six foot four. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that obviously (laughs) and uh talk about getting to know yourself yeah really i wish i could have kept that appendix you know (laughs) put it in like a little trophy (laughs) but uh then they're like yeah no like if you stayed the weekend it would have burst so you would have died uh i would have been close to it i probably would have gotten really fucking sick yeah so yeah i was lucky i count my blessings on that one yeah no kidding but yeah that was a that was a great experience. <laughs> it's a great experience. Yeah. Oh. That's amazing. Yep. Oh. Any but, uh, any any health scares uh, more recently? Have you uh, wiped out on your skateboard at all or? Uh cuz you're also a very avid skateboarder. Like that that's, I love skateboard. Like skateboarding uh, is like 60% of your identity. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Been doing that for a long time. Uh I haven't had anything like obviously you'll eat shit, right? Oh yeah. But uh obviously knock on wood, I don't wanna fucking I'm gonna go skate today, so I don't wanna go break something. Yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah, no, I haven't had anything too bad. I rolled my ankle a couple times, but I actually again in second year sprained my ankle really bad. So not only did I have appendicitis, I couldn't skateboard. And uh yeah, since then I've been pretty lucky. I eat shit a lot, but like I <laughs> it's mostly just a bruise or like, oh, you yeah. know, I, well, that's, I can't that's, walk. That's part of the culture though of skateboarding. Like you're gonna yeah. wipe out. Yeah, you gotta you gotta take slams to to get better. Yeah. But I mean, even in like most sports, you're gonna you're gonna fucking hurt yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah. I a lot of people don't like calling skateboarding a sport. It's pretty much a sport. Oh, but, I think like, it's definitely a sport. <clears throat> yeah, like there's obviously competitive elements yeah well maybe maybe in terms of i don't know maybe maybe not the umbrella term sport but you definitely need to be athletic to be good at it yeah no for sure you gotta have like your balance and your agility and your endurance but yeah it's not obviously like you know you'll get a six-pack or something but you're not gonna like get some big fucking arms from it (laughs) no no not at all yeah but uh yeah no besides that i've been skateboarding a lot uh but no been lucky uh overall been lucky with skateboarding that i haven't had anything i've had fucking really close calls (laughs) but uh yeah no i've been i've been pretty blessed on that on that front that's good that's good yeah yeah no for sure 
But yeah, man, like back to second year, like fucking, that was like that a lot happened within that year. Like yeah, I, like even like in terms of the course, like we can even go into that if you want to. Like there was a lot that like we learned and that we did. I mean, we did like the mocap and stuff like that. Right? Oh, that was so, fun, the mocap studio. <clears throat> yeah, that was a blast. Like especially like it was kind of cool because like I don't know, I don't know if you think this or if you feel the same way, but like first she was like getting your getting the wheels going getting your bearings greased and yeah. then second year it's like take off you know yeah what I mean? that's definitely what it felt like like uh i know like a lot of people within our group well maybe not within like our group but within the program like a lot of people got impatient in the first year and like we lost a couple people yeah we did and then we lost three something two? like three or two yeah three 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 and Don't then, want to say names. But no 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 yeah, no, no. and then and then second year hit and like it was just like a different program it was we were doing so much hands-on work we were we were learning a lot we were pushing limits that i felt and it was weren't they, really they being really, tested yeah no for sure and like they were taking it from like a they were it's like first year was more of like you're a student to second year you're going to be if you're going to follow through with it you're going to be a professional yeah. you know what i mean and they really uh they really kind of like changed like the whole aspect of like how they obviously they treated you great throughout the whole thing but it yeah. went from more of like a like uh obviously in second year still a student but more of like you're a collaborator you know what i you mean know if i maybe to overgeneralize, i feel like uh the the first year tested us a lot physically and i think yeah. the second year tested us a lot mentally yeah which made no, it feel more engaging like first year it seemed like more of like you have to get all these like different pillars like yeah. solidified and then, like, second year, it's, like, building on that. Yeah. You like, know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like first year, there was a lot of physicality. There was, like, I felt yeah. I felt like I was getting physically tested. Yeah. And then in the second year, it's like, oh, by the way, like, you're going to be crying at least once a week in front of people for a grade. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. I actually, one weird thing is I never, uh, this is not, this is not by any means, like, a, like, a, like, a, like, a flex or anything. I never actually cried on oh, really? any scenes. No, I never did. I think I may have on one or two occasions. Yeah, and I, w I wish I did, you know what I mean? But uh, I, I don't think I really had any scenes that, like, really... Uh, like, obviously, uh, Anita was pretty... Uh, was, oh, my God. Yeah, she was pretty fucking great. She would really get you to dive into some, like, emotional uh, stuff. But, yeah. like, with, with me, like, I never really... I kind of, I guess, like, was... Um, not I wouldn't again I wouldn't say fortunate because obviously you want to do that and like feel that vulnerability in front of people but yeah they she kind of like did some stuff with other people and I would just be like whoa you know what I mean and then yeah. like I was generally unscathed from that I guess yeah I don't know I, I'm I never really felt like I was much of a crier as an adult and then I don't know I got put in some vulnerable positions in the second year that like yeah. got like got to me in a way that I didn't think it would mm -hmm. no for sure and just like seeing other people go through that and it's like that sense of like you know like we're like it almost felt like just like a like our, our class was like a big family yeah by the end of it, it was pretty great um, i think it's because we were consistently <clears throat> being put in a vulnerable position in front of each other that made yeah. us close to each other because like after that all we would have for each other is just sympathy and empathy like 24 mm -hmm. 7 towards mm -hmm. one, one another again it may be excluding like a couple of people of course but that's yeah. just, that's that's normal yeah, but, it's always you're but, always gonna have certain people that are uh, diving deeper than others. Yeah, obviously there's some people in the program uh, that didn't really uh, 
take it too seriously but that's like anything yeah but uh but yeah no like i think first year was really getting to know yourself emotionally and like your triggers especially with anita oh, and with god Nikki. yeah like i mean think think about uh basic acting skills what no not basic that was nikki um can i think it was camera camera, camera one camera was one remember the first fucking class she yep. had us uh she had us do uh, a, a, like a story yeah remember? sit down in front of the camera and tell an emotional story from yeah. your life it's like yeah. day one day one in front of a yeah. bunch of strangers yeah and it's like now and, that you've done that next week we're gonna watch them all in front of each other and like to think back on that from like where we le- where we ended it to the yeah. beginning it's like at the beginning when you saw that you're almost kind of like whoa that's a lot you know what i mean yeah you kind of like it almost like uh like it's unfortunate but like a lot of our society doesn't uh doesn't really demand like doesn't like almost try and like push emotion to the side you know what yeah. i mean like don't cry in front of people you know what i mean that's like a sign of weakness and stuff like that and going from that to having a program where it's like hey like that's that's the business it's kind you know of encouraged I mean? yeah exactly and it's like weird to get out of like like that uh i guess that like mentality of like whoa like like that's weird like this person's like you know having this like you know tough time on on camera like i i found at first when i was like whenever people went through it in the first program there was moments where like i still would like go back into like my high school mindset where i'm like whoa dude like chill out like you're gonna be okay you know what i mean yeah but it's like when you go through it you're like uh by the end of it you're like oh like you know like he's really getting somewhere with that like he's mm-hmm. really you know learning about himself and i'm learning about him you know what i mean you're like you're seeing a lot in that person that like maybe before you just be like oh they're just emotional yeah mm-hmm. all right well i think this is a good way to uh leave the podcast uh before yeah. before we do go is there uh, any socials you want to shout out anywhere uh the people can find you uh uh i guess pretty much instagram is a big one i don't really not really a big facebook advocate <laughs> but uh yeah instagram ryan caravo no spaces caravo c-a-r-r-i-v-e-a-u but uh besides that uh no that's pretty much it all right man well thank you for coming on the show and uh thank well, you man, everybody for listening all right well until next time then bye-bye <laughs>